Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be the land that King, that the King of Ammon, that where He's standing right now. The land that he claims belongs to the Ammonites had actually once belonged to Israel before the Ammonites even got there. He's really taken him way back in history now. Where you're standing used to belong to Israel. And so that's where Jephthah says that first Israel dwelt in the Ammonites' land first for 300 years. Did y'all see that? For three centuries before the Ammonites ever showed up. And so he asked them, why did you not recover them within that time? If this is yours, you had 300 years to do something about it. How come you didn't? What's the problem? We were here first. This is actually ours. We were here first, and we took nothing that God did not give to us. And if you're so entitled to your land, then why should we not be entitled to ours? He's making a good case, if you ask me. Judges eleven twenty eight. However, the king of the people of Ammon did not heed the words which Jephthah sent him. <laughs> oh, well, that just makes it easy. Oh, I'm not going to listen to you no more. <laughs> I think he owned him. I think he owned the king of Ammon. What do you say to that? Okay, I'm not going to listen to you no more. <laughs> oh, boy. Looks to me like the king of Ammon cannot take what he dishes out. Accusation. Well, Jephthah owned him with historical facts. Look, man, Israel came here not looking for war. We tried to come as nice as possible. People turned us around. They wouldn't let us come through. So instead of just fight, we'd go to the next group, and they'd turn us around too, over and over again. We did everything we could to do everything peaceably. We never took anything we were not entitled to. And we were here before you were ever here anyway. And you're just going to stop listening. (laughs) Real diplomacy there. (laughs) King couldn't take it. But he kept the threat of oppression on Israel anyway. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can't argue with stupidity? That's what I think is going on here. You You just can't argue with it. Why? Well, because it's stupid. People won't listen. Don't waste time arguing with stupidity. The enemy, did you realize, though, the enemy in this case, or or in our case, too, the enemy does not need a reason to hate you. Did you know that? The enemy doesn't need a reason to hate you. The enemy just hates you because that's what the enemy is. The enemy is hate. However, flip side, God does not need a reason to love you either. He does not need a reason to love you. He just does, because love is who God is. That's good to know. So when you have the people people coming at you, hating you, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Well, guess what? Just remember the flip side of the coin. God loves you, and you didn't do anything to deserve that either. That's how I deal with people that hate me. Why are they, what's their problem? 
I just go, yeah, God loves me, and I didn't do anything to deserve that. So just remember the flip side when people come at you, okay? You don't have to perform some kind of extraordinary task to get God to start loving you. He always has. God is love, for God so loved the world. But the enemy hates because that's what the enemy is. The enemy is hate. When someone hates you, don't get stuck trying to figure it out. I can see Jephthah here. Why does this king hate us so much? I'm going to let that burn me up. He didn't. He realized, okay, he just doesn't like the people of God. I'm going to stick to the facts. God's behind us. God supports us. God entitled us to this. That's all we need. We need to learn from Jephthah in this. When people come at you, don't let them destroy your world. Remember the promises of God that God loves you and go, I'm standing right here where God promised me. That's all I have to do. Let God fight for you. You don't have to go to war with them like that. So you have the king of Ammon who hates Israel regardless of the history and facts. He's just not listening anymore. Now watch what the Holy Spirit enables Jephthah to do. Judges 11.29 Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead he advanced toward the people of Ammon. Uh, Guys, just pause real quick. This is boldness. He's going right towards them. Okay, the diplomacy didn't work. He's not, King's not listening no more. Let's go. And he's walking. These guys want to fight. They want to kill. We're going that way. Guys, look, I, I, I know that some of the things we do here at this church, for instance, I'm just going to bring it up again. The first Saturday of the month, we pray at Planned Parenthood for repentance and against abortion. And that's bold stuff. And it's, it's a scary thing to do. Some people are like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, that's kind of a little rough for me. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to demonstrate we're not going to permit this. We don't approve of this. And it's bold walking, and we just need to be bold, right? Jephthah's doing this. He's, he's walking toward the people of Ammon. Verse 30, And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Jephthah advanced toward the people of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands, and he defeated them from the Aror as far as the Meneth, twenty cities, and to abel Karamim, with a very great slaughter. Thus the people of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. I want you to remember what the Lord had told Israel. Remember, he said, I will deliver you no more. Did he not? Y'all remember that. I will deliver you no more. Now that seems to give the impression that God was not going to help Israel anymore at all. From that past chapter. I will deliver you no more. Well, what's he doing now? They're, They're winning. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The fact that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah proves that God had a purpose for enabling Jephthah with divine capabilities. So I want to ask you, is this a contradiction of Scripture? And the reason I do this is I'm trying to build you up, because people will always come at you and say, oh, I don't believe in the Bible because it's full of errors. Well, here's one that they'll use to try to knock you, mess you up. So I want to equip you real quick how to deal with this problem. Is this an error? This is not a contradiction of Scripture, that God would say, I'm not delivering you anymore, but then enable Jephthah with the Holy Spirit. It's not a contradiction at all. God told Israel, I'm not delivering you anymore, while they were in that willfully sinful state. 
Back when they were sinning and going crazy and being stupid, serving other gods and not serving Him, He says, I won't deliver you anymore. That's when He said that. In fact, right after God said no more, He told them, when I said, I'm not delivering you no more, He told them, cry out to the false gods you chose. Go cry out to them. But what did Israel do? Do you remember what they did? God says, go cry out to those false gods. Let them deliver you. But Israel turned back to God. That's what they did. They turned around. When God said, I will deliver you no more, it was while they were serving the false gods. Cry out to them. They turned. That changed the whole ballgame. That changed everything. Friends, repentance will change everything. When you're going the wrong way in sin, God's not behind you. He's not with you. No more. I'm not going to keep doing this. But when you turn back to Him, that's a whole different story. James 4 and 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So when Israel turned around and moved back to God, now God can draw near to them. And that's why He enabled Jephthah to fight. God was working His purpose back in chapter 10, to set the Ammonites against Israel, against them, and that purpose worked because it got the Israelites to confess their sins. We saw them, we're wrong, we served the false gods, we we did bad things, we're sorry. That was the point of that. He set the Ammonites against them to get them to confess, to cough it up. And now they turned around. And so... Now God continues working His purpose for Israel by enabling Jephthah to subdue the Ammonites. The Ammonites coming in to threaten oppression, it did its job. It got Israel to wake up and repent and turn around. Now God's purpose is still going the same way it was, go- it was, it was for Israel all along. God never changed His purpose. His purpose was always for Israel. And so now he's going to enable Jephthah to fight against the Ammonites. God's purpose never changed. That's why this is not an error in the Scripture. This is not a contradiction, because they turned. So I hope you can see, though, that this has got them back close with God again, and that's where the victory is. They weren't headed to victory before. They had to repent to get to the victory. So I hope you can see how the victory of the Lord can be yours but not until you turn from your sins. The victory was always available to them, but not until they turned back to God. So maybe some people hearing me, you're wondering, where's this victory I keep hearing about? Maybe you need to turn around and repent and get right with the Lord. Maybe you need to get close to the Lord. Maybe you're not real. If you really honestly looked at your life, are you really close to the Lord? Are you obeying Him? Are you serving Him? It's not just, well, I declared Him Lord when I was 16 years old one time at a youth event, and so I'm saved. No, are you serving Him? Are you doing things? Or are you just, yeah, I should be fine? No, you've got to be obedient if you want that victory uh, in your walk. You've got to get right with the Lord. Now, I want to close here with some things. We saw in verse 31 where Jephthah makes a vow to God that if we win, that if Israel wins, I will sacrifice the first thing that comes out of the doors of my house. If you read ahead, I'm not going to go into that yet, but if you read ahead, it was his daughter that walked out of the doors. That got him into a bad situation because he said, I will offer that up as a burned sacrifice. And his daughter walks out. We'll get to that next time. But for the moment, 
Let me just say that Jephthah was very sure of his victory. He was very driven, but he started talking first before he thought through all the consequences. You ever get somebody so sure of themselves, they mouth a little too much? That's what he did. Be careful. God will empower. I've seen God empower people to do things, and they go, boom. They're like, yeah. And then they start talking all this smack, and they get in trouble, and then they ruin the opportunity. They waste the power. Jephthah's just as human as I am, I'll tell you. But he started talking first before he thought through the consequences. But let's recall that Jephthah was banished by his family. He was a reject, an outcast, despised. We don't want you here. The Bible says that Jesus was treated exactly the same way. Isaiah 53 and 3, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was rejected. You look at Jephthah, get out of here. We don't want you here. You have no part with us. That's what happened to Jesus Christ. But that passage we just read also goes on to say that by His stripes we are healed. The stripes are from the whip that cut His back open when His flesh was beaten when he, before He was crucified. There's no worse demonstration of rejection than being humiliated enough through publicized torture. It's bad enough to say just leave, but not only do we not like you, but we're going to kill you publicly to ridicule you in front of everybody that wants to come and watch. Jesus was always rejected. He was always pushed away, despised even by his own people. John 1 and 11. I'm drawing parallels between Jesus and Jephthah here. John 1 and 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But, now I love that word. When you see but in the Bible, that is where something good's kicking on, okay? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. That's really something. The people said, get out, go away. Just like they said to Jephthah, right? They said that to Jephthah too. But the Gileadites became fearful of God's wrath, and so they made Jephthah head over them. Now, Jesus has been rejected by all of us. All of us, Jew and Gentile alike, we rejected him. We told him to get out of our life. I want to live it my way. And maybe he's still being rejected by you. Some of you out there, I pray that you realize the wrath that God has against your sin and make Jesus, who you once despised and told to leave, now head over your life. Just what happened to Jephthah. Pray that you realize the wrath that God has against your sin and make Jesus head of your life. And you do that, and He will give you the right to become a child of God if you believe in His name. Now, one last thing. Any of you ever get a sore or an abrasion or some kind of cut or something, some kind of a cut on your skin? And, and how many of you ladies are into those, uh, what is it, essential oils? Okay, my wife is. <laughs> I know some people that are into essential oils. And you go get an essential oil or something, and you, you need something to put on it so that you can heal. Verse 1, again, back to verse 1. It says that Jephthah was a Gileadite. Y'all remember that? He was a Gilead, Gileadite from Gilead. Gilead was known for its spices and its ointments 
And so in the Bible, there is a term which is called the balm of Gilead, not the bomb. I've always heard that the bomb, you like, you use the bomb. No, B-A-L-M, the balm of Gilead. The balm, a balm is like an oil or an ointment that's used to, to put on cuts and, and, and things to help you heal. There's a biblical term, it's called the balm of Gilead, which is a high-quality ointment that has really good healing properties. Now that phrase, the balm of Gilead, it was used by Jeremiah when God warned Israel that their, what their enemy would do to them. Jeremiah had lamented. He said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no balm in Gilead? He was saying, is there any healing? Is there any healing in Israel? Where is, the, is there any balm in Gilead? And so Later, in Jeremiah chapter 46, God pronounces judgment over Egypt by saying, go and take balm in Gilead, but you still won't be cured. Apparently, Egypt messed up real bad. He says, go look for the balm in Gilead. Even that isn't going to fix you. And so we see that Gilead is unique about this balm that can heal and cure. I want you to know that there is a spiritual balm in Gilead. The healing and the saving power of Jesus Christ. He is the one true treatment that never fails to heal our spiritual wounds, who can build up the outcast into the head. And I found a great verse that incorporates all of this in one part. Psalm 147 and 2. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The balm of Gilead. Jephthah was a a Gileadite. I think we just saw Messiah Jesus here in the story of Jephthah. Jephthah, he came and he did something for Israel. He led them in in a fight that took their oppressors out so that healing could take place. There's something about Gilead that brings this healing. They rejected him. They despised him, and now they asked him to be head. i got to ask you, have you been rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord? As, have you been rejecting Jesus as making him the head of your life? Jesus has healing properties. If you will just make him head, stop trying to do it yourself. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior today. Make him the head, the one whom you once despised, and he will heal like the balm of Gilead. You know, today Israel rejects Jesus as Messiah. They reject him. He's still rejected. He's still outcast. I've been to Israel. We went underneath the temple, and there's tunnels that go under there. I didn't know that until I saw them, and we went under there. And there are Jews that get way down underneath there. They get as close to where the Holy of Holies was. The temple was up there, and the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God used to be. They get under there as close to that as they can. And they're down there praying, and they're praying, for the, they're praying for the Messiah to come, praying for the... He already came. Friends, we're the temple now. I don't have to go there to ask the Messiah to come. You can ask the Messiah to come into your life in your Holy of Holies right now, where you're at, and realize He's right here today in this temple. Israel is still rejecting, but one day He'll be the head. And let me show you, Zechariah 12 and 10 says, and I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him 
as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. They're going to see it someday, and they're going to grieve for the fact that he died for them, but also the fact they rejected him for so long. Jephthah was told, get out of here, leave. We don't want you around anymore. He was despised and rejected. But eventually it came to a point where the wrath got on them so heavy, they said, we need you back, we'll make you head. Israel, it's going to come to a place in history where the wrath is going to get so severe on them, they're going to call and look for a deliverer to come back and say, we'll make you head, and then they're going to mourn. Do you see the parallels in the story of Jephthah in Judges 11 with what's going on in our world today? Not only with Israel, don't just point at them, but also us Gentiles. Anyone here who has despised Jesus, you never let Him come in and take over. You never really wanted Him in your life. You want to be the boss. You want to do it your way. And you told Jesus, get out, I've got this. But you're recognizing that's not working. There's too many problems. I can't fix this. You need to go to Jesus, the one you told to leave, and you need to say, I need you to come back. Please, come back and take over my life. I'll make you head over everything. And set Him up as Lord of your life. And when I saw Jephthah, you told me to leave, and now you want me to be the head? (laughs) You can tell Jesus, yeah, that's exactly right. Because I need you now. And you know what? You ask Him to come back, He will. And He'll fix everything up. He's got healing powers. Balm of Gilead. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for those who have come, Lord God. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that we can see the Gospel all the way through the Bible. Not just New Testament, Old too. It's all in there. Thank You, Lord God. Lord, I pray for anybody here with the struggles they're having. And this is starting with me. This is, this is me praying, Lord God. I ask that in my prayer, those who follow me, they, they, they can. Lord, I messed up. I, I got off somewhere. I didn't do things right. And Lord, I need you to heal me. I need that balm of Gilead. I need those healing properties that you have. But Lord, I ran you off. I told you to get out. I'm sorry. Lord, I now make you head. Lord, come back. Take over. I give you my life. I messed it up already enough anyway. My way was never fixing it. So Lord, take over. I give it to you. I wave the white flag. I put my hands up. I surrender. I have nothing left. I'm all out. Take over. Be my Lord. And Lord, I ask you to go and fight my battles for me. The enemy has come to oppress me. Lord, fight them. And I know you can defeat them because you already did. I want to take you up on that, Lord God. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. I ask it in Jesus' name. I repent of my old ways, and I turn, because, Lord, I see that your word says that's when things start changing, is when I turn around. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. However well, or or however not so well, that I did this message today. (laughs) Because I understand I'm... (laughs) Speaking is not always my best thing. I pray that you saw the gospel. I pray that you saw Jesus Christ in Jephthah and that you know what you can do about it. The Bible works on our hearts, and He really worked on mine. I pray that you can go out and do the same. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.